Welcome to another episode of Grounded Spirits. I'm your host, Laura Lynn, and today we are going to talk about how to have relationships with other people. So this includes family, friends, and like romantic relationships as well. Um, but with that, I feel like even though I already did a whole episode on like knowing yourself, like I still feel like I'm going to be talking about this through the lens of knowing yourself first in order to have real honest relationships with those around you. Um, I love the way that Aliza Kelly talks about in her book, This Is Your Destiny. Uh, So we're going to be going over um, this whole chapter, chapter four. Um, But I love the way that she says it, that like, it's not that we're by ourselves, just like an asteroid hurling towards earth. Like we are part of the collective consciousness and we all come together to help each other or hurt each other. And so um, by knowing yourself and knowing your values and knowing your truth, then you're able to differentiate between toxic and supportive relationships. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so as you know from the last episode, I just had my Saturn return, and actually yesterday was my half birthday, so I am now 29 and a half, so six months left till I'm 30, and I feel like a lot of people like dread turning 30, and honestly, like I don't really see what the big deal is, you know, it's just like another age, and like yeah, you're no longer in your 20s, but I feel like after you have your Saturn return, like I have just felt so grown up, and I know that sounds kind of weird, but... I feel like maybe it's because I have been working on myself now for almost two years that I feel like I don't want to have like that mentality that I had before of like never wanting to grow up and like always wanting to be like a teenager and acting like a teenager and all of that. And so I don't know if it's because of the Saturn return thing or if it's just like me growing, but like I'm actually like super excited to turn 30 and like start fresh like in a whole new decade. Um, but with that said, um, I also said the last episode that I um oh that January for me, which is so cool because that's like what the tarot card said too, was like the end of feuds. And so um the last like basically the last week of January, I like every day I was like ending a feud with somebody and it wasn't so much like me being active and like going forward. I mean, sometimes it was, but it was all about like the timing and like how it all just like kind of fit in perfectly together that the way that just life happened, these feuds were able to be put to rest. Um, so I thought that was just really cool. Um, But yeah, like these feuds are with other people. And so I'm going to like dive deep into like the other people. Obviously, I won't say their names and stuff, but um, it's just really interesting, like how we connect and disconnect with other people. And then also um, a couple of episodes ago, actually now probably like a couple months ago, but um, I talked about how. I like was like really struggling like do I keep this friendship do I not keep this friendship um and so I'm gonna be talking about that um as well um but first I just want like this is just like a big realization that I had and it's so funny because it's kind of like when like you're trying to like figure out something it turns out like it's the simplest answer but you've like been struggling with this forever 
Um, so this is something that I came up with this week. And it was that, because I've, I've, I've said it so much on this podcast, like how do you know when enough is enough? And not just in relationships, but with anything. Like, um, I think I've talked about this before too, that when I was at Pepperdine, there we had convocations. So basically we had like speakers come in and like tell us their story and like we would learn from them. And there's just one that like always stood out to me. Um, it's almost been 10 years and I can still remember it vividly about this guy who wanted to become a doctor and he would apply to med school and he got rejected six times. So it took him six years to even get into med school. And I remember thinking then and, um, up until a couple days ago, like, how do you know that that is your path if you keep failing at it? And I think this goes back to the whole thing that I learned with Chris Plurd that I just don't take risks. So if it, I feel like for me, it's like if I if I get rejected or something, I'm like, oh, okay, like that is that door is closed. Like let me go find another one or let me find a window or something. But this guy was just so persistent because he wanted to be a doctor. And so now I know the answer. So like I said, it's usually the simplest thing, but um it's when your heart no longer desires it. And that's how you know that it's not, it's not meant for you if you desire something else. Um, and I just think that's like really beautiful because we're growing people, like we change every day and our heart changes. And if you still want that thing, whether it's a career or like a clothes item or a relationship, like if you still want it, there's a reason for that. And once it's no longer like serving you or it's no longer like in your path, like your heart will change and you won't have to like dwell on it and overthink it. And so that also goes back to what I was saying um, a couple weeks ago about like brushing your hair that like when you have a knot in your hair, you don't just like go in there and like dissect it to try to unknot your hair. You just brush your hair and the knot just comes out by itself. And so I feel like the same thing goes like with relationships or career paths or anything that like everything will just like work itself out if it's meant to be. And I just think that's just so simple, but so true. And so there's no point in dwelling and like, should I keep this relationship? Should I not? Because relationships will just end. And sometimes like you don't even realize that they've ended, but you haven't reached out. They haven't reached out. And then after a while, like you just don't. Um, and then, but then sometimes like it, they get reborn and somebody does reach out and then you become close again. But I feel like everything happens. Like again, everything happens for a reason. Like there are no coincidences and and yeah, you just have to like follow your heart. So with that said, um, the way you can tell if there's if there's a toxic relationship is if you like constantly feel like you're putting in more effort than they are. And Eliza has this great um, exercise at the end of this chapter, and actually I'm going to talk about it now. Um, but it's called the rep. Oh my gosh, I can't even say it reciprocity 
rest of it. Yeah, I'm going to say it like that. <laughs> um, table. So basically, it's just a table, and you go in, and you. she's like, you should literally do this for every single relationship. And I didn't do it for every single relationship. I kind of just did it the ones that I was struggling with. And mind you, I did this after I had already ended the feud with the people that I'm going to talk about in a bit. Um, but because, okay, here's what I was thinking. Like, for, like, parents and stuff. Like, once you're grown up, like, this doesn't sound super bad, but I promise it's good. Like, you technically don't need your parents anymore. You don't need them to parent you. That's what I mean to say. Like, you don't need them as a parent. And I feel like once you're an adult, you have to decide if you really want a relationship with your parents, you know? Because, like, once you have your own house and you are living on your own, like, if you don't talk to your parents and they don't talk to you, like, that relationship ends. And that's what, like, Elisa really talks about in this chapter about how every relationship is all, is about the two people trying. And if you're putting in more effort than the other, then that's a toxic relationship. And I use parents as an example because I'm going to talk about mine. But it could be for anybody, um, and so basically this, um, this table of seeing like where, where the relationship's at is that you have to like make sure that you are not just giving and giving and giving because then your cup will be empty. And I know I said like parents, like it's just like, it's like a touchy subject, you know, because it's like, oh my gosh, like they did so much for me. And of course, like my parents did so much for me and I love them, but I really had to like, think about it. Like, why do I love them? Do I love them because society tells me like blood is thicker than water and I should love my parents? Or do I love them because of the actual people that they are? And so, yeah, I'm just going to jump into my story with my parents. So, um, I lived with them before we moved into the house, um, in like that, like awkward period when our apartment lease ended and the house wasn't built yet or like it wasn't done being built yet. And so I lived with my parents for about, um, three weeks and it was wild because I was, oh yeah, I was 29. Oh no, I was 28. I turned 29 when I was living there or at the end of the time that I lived there. So like my last few weeks of being a 28-year-old, I was living with my parents again. And it was just wild, like how they would treat me like I was 18. And it was like, I just like felt so much anger all the time. And I didn't understand why. And I would just lash out and yell at them. And they really had to take a step back and be like, why am I acting this way? And then um, turns out that anger is just a way of of like showing that something's not okay and I really had to like sit down and especially like with my dad like one time um I might have talked about it when it happened but um one time Billy my dog he got out and then my dad didn't yell at me for it but he like he does this thing where he's like sarcastic comments kind of thing and he just like like belittled me and it just like struck a chord so hard that I yelled at him and I had never yelled at my dad like that and immediately I felt so guilty but while I was yelling I felt like my throat chakra like open up and I was like being able to like speak my truth and like be me um but I really regret saying like I literally yelled this I was like I'm not a little girl anymore and 
and also like I yelled it all in Spanish and my Spanish like I always like I'm super like self-conscious about my Spanish but I yelled and it was like perfect Spanish and I was just like what is happening but after that moment of like speaking my truth I immediately felt so guilty I'm like oh my gosh like how could I have yelled at my dad like that so luckily he was like super understanding and he allowed us like to sit down and have a, a talk and and then we basically like just like we're just like really honest with ourselves about um or with each other about our relationship and like moving forward like what what it's what's going to happen because like um his dad was like super absent his whole life um and now that he's older he just turned 90 this week um now he's living with them and my dad has like seen it as a as a way of like being able to like like get back those years that he didn't get with his dad and so he's going like above and beyond um and I'm not saying like I love my grandpa like he's great but like I barely met him kind of you know like he came to my quinceanera 15 years ago that was like the first time that like I saw him I think um and he was like oh yeah this is your grandpa kind of thing but it wasn't until he started living with my parents about maybe a year or two ago that like I actually really got to know him and like now like I love him and he's great but it just shows like how my dad like he's able to forgive and he's able to accept this person who literally deserted him his whole life and so I was like explaining to him like obviously like he wasn't an absent dad like he was he's always been there but he didn't have the tools on like how to be um like a um what's I can't think of the word but like the nurturing he couldn't he didn't know he didn't have the tools to be a nurturing dad so for me I always like tried my hardest to get that validation from my dad and to have that relationship with my dad and then it like turned toxic and that's like how not like with my dad but like with relationships that I would seek um it would always be to like earn like that that male figure love and I tried to find that through my relationships and so yeah they were toxic um and so it was just like really cool to be able to like sit down with my dad and have this like open conversation and basically I told him like I don't want us to like not talk like how you and your dad were for all these years like I actually like want to have a relationship with you and like basically I asked him like can we be friends and and then for Christmas I got so that was like back in August and then for Christmas I got him like this like little booklet and so like every I like did all this research of like places in San Diego and I um like outlined what um like where we were gonna go every month so that we could just like reconnect and it was like it just have so we just did um our January one and then my mom came too so like that was cool too because that she was like one of the people that I had the feud with that I was talking about from January so um so like we met at Yard House and it was just me and my parents and I we've never done that like it's always like with my family or even at least like with my husband and just like the four of us but I was like literally by myself with my parents and so not gonna lie at first it was like kind of awkward it kind of felt like a first date kind of thing where it was like well what do we talk about like how deep should we get like what like it was just like basic stuff like small talk like oh like how was your drive down oh like how's work 
And then I can just like feel their disappointment in me because I'm not working right now. Um, and I feel like through my Saturn return, since it was in my first house, like I really um, like got the reins of like who I am. And so for the first time in my life, I wasn't like seeking their validation anymore. I'm like, this is who I am, like accept me or not kind of thing. Um, but the thing is, is that like parents like love you, you know, and like they, especially me, like I was their firstborn. And what's wild is that they were trying to have kids for three years and then they couldn't. And then magically I was born and then now I have three other sisters. So they ended up having four kids. And so it's just like crazy. So I feel like for me, like they, my mom always says like, hello, firstborn and stuff. And I love it. Um, and so like, they want a relationship but it's also like they don't know how to raise older um, kids because the thing is, is that the their relationships with their parents is that they're the caretakers. They take care of their parents, but they my parents don't need to be taken care of. Like they're fine. So it's like, well, like where does this leave us? And so it's been like a like a trip to like get to know my parents like on a friend level. And to just, like, really just, like, have fun and just enjoy them as themselves. Um, and so after that, we ended up going to this really cool place. It's called Coin House. If you're ever in San Diego, it's in La Mesa. Um, and it's cool. It's, like, an arcade. And then they have, like, a bunch of, like, um, beers. And you get to just, like, try them. And they also have, like, margaritas and, like, wines and stuff. It's not just beer. Um, but it's mostly beer. And then, like, once, like, we didn't even play any games. We ended up just, like, sitting and drinking and talking, and it was, like, such a fun time. Like, we were literally just, like, talking the entire time, and we were just, like, really trying to, like, understand each other. And for the first time, like, they were, like, really open to, like, hearing about all of this, like, astrology stuff. And so we were going over their Saturn returns, and, like, oh, they were, like, thinking back, like, oh, yeah, like, this is when this happened, when I was, when I was, like, around that age, and like I like looked it up online like when their set of return was and it was just like really cool to like connect with them on a on a different level. Um so so yeah, so like that it was like my experience like like redefining their relationship with my parents. Um but now I want to jump in to um what Aliza is gonna talk about and then we'll then like throughout I'll like talk about like the other um, other relationships um, in my life. So the beginning of her chapter is like super like technical with astrology. And so like I learned a bunch reading through this. So I'm going to like help you learn more about yourself. Because like I said, like once you learn about yourself, you're able to live your truth and then have deeper, more meaningful connections with those around you or learn to drop them and then that's how you will get more people to come in, like, that will be supportive and stuff, so, um, oh, first of all, though, this is on page 92 on chapter four, um, I thought that I had read the quote from somebody's Instagram that, um, Aliza, um, tagged on one of her stories, but turns out she actually, like, wrote it in the book, (laughs) the one about, um, if it's, in your heart, it's in your chart. It's by Anne Orderly. And yeah, I just like wanted to point that out because I'm like, I don't know who said this, but yeah, it's in there. Okay, so um, going on with 92, 
she's talking about um, aspects. So basically aspects are the way that planets connect with each other. And so if it's a soft aspect, then that means it's good. And it's a hard aspect, then that means that it's bad. Um, and so basically she's like, squares are the toughest of the hard aspects. So immediately I go to my chart and get this. I literally have five squares um, in my chart. And it's like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> and um, when it comes to relationships, like, oh, because, uh, sorry, I missed the part. All of them are in my seventh house, which is about partnerships and relationships or marriage and stuff. And so like, of course, of course, like that just like made so much sense. Um, And actually I'll get into like all of mine right now, but I just wanted to say this last little bit about um, how squares remind us that it's only through discomfort that we can activate our full potential. And so like going back to the story with my parents, like, by having like by it sounds like awful but like through that anger we were able to find peace and and yeah like it's just been like I said it's such a trip to like get to like know my parents um differently and I feel like now we're gonna be able to like activate our full potential of like mother I mean mother um daughter parent relationships and yeah, like, I just think that's so cool because I feel like in this day and age, like, we're redefining, um, like, parent relationships. Like, if you go to TikTok, there's so many, so many videos about mommy issues and daddy issues. And the thing is, is because we're not, no one's given an instruction manual, you know, on how to be good parents. Um, and... And no one's given a structure manual how to be good um, offspring. <laughs> I don't know. But, but yeah. And so it's just like really, like we really have to like be honest. And the thing is, is that I feel like so many um, parent, um, what are, uh, children, parent-children um, relationships are are toxic and so like if you go on tiktok too like a lot of people are like i don't even talk to my parents anymore um and yeah so like it is hard but it's like cool when they're willing to give it a try and you're willing to give it a try and that's how um it'll work another example just like really quick about my parents is my sister so she um, she's lived with them the longest. So she um, she went to college, but she lived at home um, while going to college. And so they have, like my parents and her, have gone, have, have like ups and downs, but mostly downs. And it's just like crazy now because all the resentment that my sister had, like after they were able to like have a talk when she decided to move to Michigan, um, like, they're on, like, such good terms now, and then when she comes into town, like, it's, like, it's, like, complete, like, 180 of, like, how I remember their relationship, so it's just, like, really cool to be able to, like, redefine this relationship with parents in particular, but I'll talk about others in, in a bit, um, but it, again, it's, like, all about the reciprocity, like, if it, if it's going both ways, um, so so yeah so back to my squares so I have a square between um Venus and Mars 
and my Venus is in Virgo and my Mars is in Gemini. So I feel like just that alone, like Virgo energy and Gemini energy, like they're gonna clash. But it actually like makes so much sense because um, my Venus is in my seventh house. Um, and so I feel like that Virgo energy in the seventh house is like, um, how do I put it? It's like, like, I feel like it's like in a practical way, like you want someone who's like supportive and like, like realistic, but I also feel like that Virgo energy is like about me being independent and like wanting to be my own person even in a marriage and I feel like that clashes a lot with a Gemini who's like super flirty and like wants like has like the both sides and that's like in my motivation you know so like my motivation is I had this, like, all in my head, and I was like, oh, it's going to make so much sense. It's easy to talk about. And now that I'm, like, trying to put it into words, it's like, I can't get them out. Um, but, yeah, so, like, Mars is a motivation planet. And so, in Gemini, basically, I just, like, follow my passions. And so, like, that, and that's in my fourth house, um, which is, like, family life. And so, you would think that these two, like, go together, like, family life and then, like, the partnerships and, rela- and marriage and stuff. But since they're square, like, it really, like, clashes, um, and I feel like that's, like, part of the reason why I was, like, trying to, like, I've talked about this before, like, I felt like I was, like, trying to run away from my husband, and, like, I'm so glad that he was persistent, because, like, I'm, like, so in love, and, like, so happy here, and everything, but, um, but, yeah, if you have more insights on what those squares could mean, like, please let me know, that would help, (laughs) Um, and then the next one, it's crazy. My Jupiter and my Venus are both in my seventh house. And so Jupiter is like all about abundance and like growing and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, and my Jupiter is in, oh, also Virgo because they're both in the seventh house. Um, Wait, what? How does that make any sense? (sighs) One second. Because this chart that I'm looking at is saying that Virgo is my eighth house. But when I did my research, it was all in my seventh house. What? Okay, yeah, Virgo is my eighth house. I mean, yeah, eighth house, not seventh house. Leo is my seventh house. Oh, duh, that makes so much sense. So why did it... I'm just, like, really confused right now, so I think I might just, like, skip this part. Because, okay, I'm on on the Sanctuary app right now, and it says, like, yeah, seventh house is by Leo, is ruled by Leo, and eighth house is ruled by Virgo. But then when I go to my planets... It says, like, Jupiter, here, it says, here, Jupiter rules expansion, and yours is in Virgo, 16 degrees, in your seventh house. Like, am I dumb? Like, can someone explain this to me? 
Like, I don't, I don't understand. But, okay, well, okay, let's just say that it's in my seventh house, which is Leo. So let's go through it that way. Okay, so Jupiter, if Jupiter is in my, is in Leo, and then that's square with Mars, but I feel like, like all my friends are Geminis, like Leos and Geminis go together, don't they? Like, Jupiter, like going out there. Oh, okay. Okay. I think I get it. Like, so Jupiter is about like abundance. And so if Jupiter is in my seventh house, which is in Leo, but then why is it saying Virgo? Like, that's just what's throwing me. Like, how could it be in my seventh house and be in Virgo? Yeah, and then Venus, it says Virgo two degrees in your seventh house. I'm going to take screenshots and put it on there. Because, like, Virgo and Leo energy are completely different. And then the seventh and eighth house are also completely different. So I'm just, like, really confused right now. But I'll just keep going with the with what the squares are. So Venus and Mars are squared. Um, Jupiter and Mars are squared. Sun and Pluto are squared. Um, Saturn and Pluto are squared. And then, okay, on this chart, this is what my sister got me for Christmas. It has, like, a circle with an X in it. And I looked it up online, and the closest I could find was, like, a cross within a circle. And that means Earth. But I'm like, Earth? Like, what's that mean? Well, I don't really know what that is. But that is square with Jupiter as well. Um, But what I do want to talk about, what I know for sure, because the 7th, 8th house thing, with because Sun... Well, sun has to be in Leo. That has to be in seventh house. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, maybe it is in the eighth house. That's what this one's saying. The one my sister got me is in the eighth house. So, that would completely change everything. I'm sorry. Like, you're just, like, listening to me talk to myself. Um, but, but yeah, I'll just read this really quick with the Virgo in the eighth house. With Virgo in the eighth house, you likely have a mysterious or confusing relationship to order, cleanliness, and purity. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. Depending on the rest of your chart, you may experience deep compulsion to constantly be taking care of business or a sense that you can't attend to some basic details of life. Crises in your life could teach you a healthy sense of service where you can operate efficiently and skillfully. Intimate relationships especially will teach you how to navigate the nitty-gritty details in a refined manner. More than other people, you may appreciate practices for energetic hygiene, treating the psychological or spiritual dimensions of order, cleanliness, and health. So that energy is square with Gemini in Mars, which is just, like, wanting to, like, go through to your own passions, just, like, that's your motivation, is, like, your passion and your, like, yeah, like, you just, like, want to, 
like intellectualize things well actually that makes sense so then like that's why i always overthink my relationships because they're square and so it's like really tough but then once i let that go then i'm able to move forward okay yeah that makes more sense um okay so the one i want to talk about though is saturn and pluto so pluto is in scorpio and saturn is in my first house um aquarius so and then pluto is in my ninth house so what that means is i feel like this is why i have been holding off on like getting my phd like i talk about this so much and i get so annoyed like i'm just like so aggravated and if anybody asks me about my phd i get so annoyed and i didn't really understand why but i feel like this is it like i feel like this is like my last step to like say like i'm good with like my higher education but i feel like with all like everything that's been going on i just like don't want to and I feel like it's like the square and a lot of like a lot of like um, Instagram or TikTok videos have been saying like, oh, it's because you're scared. And I'm like, I really don't think I'm scared. I just like don't have the motivation because I just like, don't have like that passion. But the thing is that I do still have that passion to like pursue it. And my dissertation is going to be on imagination. And I feel like that's also like super spiritual. So like I feel like I am still like in that vein and like wanting to do it. But I feel like it's just because it's this like square about like wanting to be my own unique self and then like going like um I like by wanting to be my unique self in Aquarius I want to go against societal standards whoa that makes so much sense and so I feel like by getting my PhD it'd be like I would be getting like the validation from society but I don't want that anymore like, I really just want to be me, and, like, I hate, like, when someone, like, asks me, like, oh, so, like, what do you do? And I'm just, like, what am I supposed to say? That I'm a homemaker? Like, I never know what to say, so, like, my, I feel like my backup, like, I always, like, use it, like, as a card, like, oh, well, I'm getting my PhD. And then everyone's response is always, like, oh, you're so smart. And it's, like, honestly, it's not even about being smart. It's just about, like, doing the work. Um, But... I think that I was doing it, I think that's why I have all this, like, resentment towards it right now, is because I was, like, really doing it to have that praise from society, and now I don't seek that, and I don't want that, so I feel like that's the reason why, well, I'm, like, having, like, a major breakthrough (laughs) right now, um, so, yeah, that, that makes so much sense, and so, um, like, what Eliza, Eliza was saying, is that squares remind us that it's only through discomfort that we can achieve our full potential. So I feel like this is my path and I do need to like complete it, but it has to, I have to do it like through this discomfort of making sure that it's, I'm doing it for me. And that's what's so crazy because like even like in, in school, you know, like if you don't turn in at this time, you're going to get an F. And so like that would be the, like my motivation to like, oh my gosh, I have to get this done. Like one time I literally wrote four different page papers. So it was like a total of like almost 100 pages in a week. Um, so like I know I can do it, but I just need to make sure that it, I'm doing it for me and not just like to get a grade because like this is... I feel like that's why I'm also holding off on it because like I want it to be perfect. Like I want it to be so good and like groundbreaking. <laughs> Again with that Aquarius like wanting to be unique <laughs> energy. Um 
so yeah, like my, my whole point, the whole reason I wanted to go into my squares was that before the whole like debacle about the seventh or eighth house, whatever, um, was just to like show that like give an example about like going through discomfort to achieve your full potential. Um and I feel like I illustrated that best through my Saturn um and Pluto. Because um yeah, with like I didn't even talk about Pluto, but Pluto is about um like transformation, like investigating and like really like looking hard to society and like seeing like why we do things the way we do. And I feel like that's like where all of this like discomfort is coming from because um like if you go anywhere, everyone and I honestly like I was always like the biggest like college supporter and like now I'm completely not. Um, like I don't think you need to go to college to succeed anymore. And that's just like completely like the opposite of what I've always thought. And actually I just I didn't have even told my mom yet because there's still like some resentment there, but I told my dad about the podcast and he tried to be supportive like he really tried he was just like well it's good like whatever makes you happy but what else like what else are you gonna do and I was like um I think that's like pretty much all I'm doing right now <laughs> um and you could just like see the disappointment in his eyes but for the first time like it didn't like bother me as much because before I would have been like oh my gosh like I need to find a job I need to go back to teaching but like I don't want to And I feel like this is the time, like, I'm so lucky that I'm able to, like, take this time to, like, really figure out who I am um, and then be able to um, show up as as who I am to the rest of the world. And, like, going along with, like, that same vein, um, I have, like, my goal at the beginning of um, 2022 was to do my morning stretches or, like, slash working out. Um, every single day to do something creative every single day to organize something every single day and to do something spiritual every single day and honestly I've done the the first three but the spirituality I don't know why it has just not like I to do like my spiritual stuff like I have to like literally just like sit here and like write and think and normally I love doing that but for some reason, recently, I don't want to just, like, I literally had to, like, force myself. I'm like, oh, my gosh, today's Wednesday. I have to do the podcast today. And now that I'm here, like, I'm like, yeah, like, I love it. Like, I, I love, like, deep diving into myself. Like, I'm good. But, like, to get to this point, I did not want to do it. Like, literally, the only thing that I wanted to do today, I was just going to tell you, like, that quick tidbit about, like, just do what your heart wants you to do and then once your heart no longer wants it then that's how you know kind of thing that's like literally all I want to talk about but then I'm like no like I actually do have to like read through this and like work through it and all of that and like now I'm here and like I'm happy about it but honestly all I've been wanting to do is just like DIYs home decor stuff um if you don't follow me on TikTok um my name is Laura Lynn and then O um and I've been posting pretty regularly just, like, things I do around the house. Um, I dyed my hair recently. Um, Today, I'm going to go to Lowe's, and I'm going to, like, completely redo my library. So I'm, like, super excited to do that. Literally, um, 
my dog woke me up because he had to go to the bathroom at like one in the morning. So I came down and then I could not go back to sleep because my mind just kept like racing about like what I needed to do. Like, I'm like, I cannot go to sleep until I figure out what I'm going to do with that library because we're going to have a housewarming in a couple of weeks. And that's the only time people are going to see it. Um, and Hmm, that's interesting. So am I doing it for them or am I doing it for myself? Hmm. <laughs> no, but like I really want to do it because I I really just want to have a space where I can just like dedicate like that energy of um working like on this stuff and so I want to make like a a good place for that because I have an office and I think I've shown um videos of it on Instagram, but uh, for Christmas, I made everybody's gifts, and now, like, that room just has, like, stress written all over, like, when I go in there, I just feel stressed, like, I just have, like, that, that energy is just stressful being in that room, and so, yeah, like, I just, like, don't enjoy being in there anymore, um, and I don't, I don't really know why other than like the whole stress thing but like I've saged it so like the energy should be gone I don't know um but then I was talking to a friend recently and they were telling me that they think that because before like they knew me as um a super adventurous person like I was literally traveling every month going somewhere new and like never being home like always being out like at least like even like nightlife like in my own city and everything and now I'm literally a homebody like I'm literally a homemaker and that's just so wild to me because I never wanted to be a homemaker there's my friend in college and she was always like I want to be a homemaker like I just want to be a home and be able to like decorate it and make it all nice and I'm like why would you want to do that like I really want to work and then it's so funny because now she just got on the list for like the most um aspiring lawyers maybe aspiring not the right word I forgot the word or innovative lawyers something like that she just got on the list for something like super prestigious and I'm over here being a homemaker but the thing is like I'm just so happy here and so when I was talking to my friend they were like yeah it's because like you are like nesting like you are like there's like a new part of your life you just had your siren return like you you're feeling adult like you want to just like be at home and just like make it perfect and make it you. And then once you're done here, you're gonna be like been there, done that. You're gonna move on to something else. And I'm like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, and so so yeah, like I feel like the library is like one of the last rooms that I need to to finish in the house. Um, and then maybe I'll do like a house tour or something on my on my TikTok, but. Um, but yeah, like I really think that that's the reason. And so like being upstairs like isn't as inviting anymore as it used to be. Like I like being downstairs where like more things still need to get done. And but then like on the other hand, it's like yeah, like I get to like explore my creativity. I get to do all these other things and like I feel like I get to learn more about me. And but then that translates to the rest of the world like I'm just like being a hermit and like doing like my own thing and um Aliza talks about it in the book too that um that some people do do that and they find their spirituality that way but to like not um like let your relationships die because of it and so I feel like I've been learning to do that like through the ends of the food the uh, ending of the feuds or 
um, just like other friends that um, I've been reaching out to or they've been reaching out to me. And what's also really crazy is um, one of my friends who, honestly, I felt like it was like one of those that I was talking about before, like like when you, you are close, but then if you if they don't reach out and you don't reach out and then it just kind of fizzles, um, I honestly thought that was going to be like this relationship because she like invited me to her 30th um back in like October and and it's her to the same birthday as my mom um and if you're listening I hope it's okay I'm telling everybody this (laughs) um but we honestly hadn't talked anymore and like she has her own friends and like I have like my own friends and like now we don't even like live near each other um and she also just got a house so like she's been like decorating that and everything but then she like low-key disinvited me to her 30th so I was like oh okay like it was fine because like I already had plans with my mom and everything but I was like okay so like maybe like we aren't friends anymore but then she found the podcast and she texted me about it and she's like, hey, like, I just found it. I'm like, what? Like, how does that happen? And it would just came up on her suggested. And I'm like, what? Um, and so it's, like, been really cool because, like, now, like, the spirituality stuff has, like, brought us together. And it's just been, like, so cool. Like, I feel like it's, like, a revival of, of, the, of the relationships. Like, I feel like that's really cool how, um, how, like, friendships work. And, again, it's, like, all about, like, the give and take and making sure that... Um, that we're like there for each other. And so that brings me to the next thing here on page 93. It says, our relationships catalyze self-actualization. Um, so like through, like we're basically like marble and we can be like shaping ourselves, like I've said in the past, but it's also the people who are around you that shape you. And um, like I said, I'm all about like home decor and like home stuff right now. Um, and so we're, I'm like digging dirt up for my garden. Um, I'm going to have a TikTok about it soon. Like once the garden's done, so you can look it up then. Um, but basically we have to, we go, we got our concrete. The guy just kind of, that they, the dirt they dug out, they kind of just like piled it up. And so now we're having to go through and like get rid of that dirt on that side and move it to the other side so I can like, um, level the ground so I can garden. So while I'm doing this, all of these rocks are coming up because, um, so like some quick history, I live in Redlands. And so, um, Big Bear, you probably know like Big Bear Lake and everything. So it turns out it wasn't always a lake. It was just a river that would flow down the mountains and occupy this area where my house is now. It's called the Santa Anita River. And, um, then sometime like in the early 1900s they dammed the river and so now all the water just stays up there at big bear lake and then this river dried up so that's why now like it's a house and so while i'm digging up this dirt all of these like beautiful crystals keep coming out and they're so beautiful i don't really know what they are i haven't like looked up like what they are but um they're they're like orange and green and there's like really pretty like agate I believe or like granite ones too like there's like just really pretty um crystals and so I bought a rock tumbler 
And so I just started it yesterday and um, it's been running for about um, probably like 18 hours or so. And it says in the instructions, like you have to open it every day just to make sure that it's like still doing its job. And so today when I took it out, like they were already like so much prettier. Like I'm so excited for them to be like actual, well not actual because they already are crystals, but you know what I mean? Like the ones that you like buy in the store. Um, But my point, my point is, is that um, like them being in there in that little jar with each other, they're shaping each other. So yeah, like I had to put grit in it and like that is shaping it. So that's like your outside experiences. But then they also have like their, like their more hardness level or scale that they're like their own selves, like shaping themselves. But then like the different rocks that I put into the batch with them, they're also shaping each other. And I feel like that's how we are um, in real life. Like whoever we're around, like that's who's shaping us too. Like, I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, it's in psychology. It's about, uh, if you, you're more likely to fall in love with somebody if you see them every single day. And it's like crazy because that's like why like people like stay in small towns because you're just like, whoever you're around, you're bound to end up liking one of them just for like the pure, like the frequency of seeing them that you're more likely to like them. Isn't that so odd? Um, that didn't really happen with my husband, though, because we were, like, long distance for a really long time. But, um, but yeah, but that's, like, my whole point, is that if you don't get out of, like, your little bubble, those same people are going to keep shaping you. And so that's, like, why it's so important to do this um, reciprocity table. I keep like, I don't know if I keep butchering that, but I'm just going to keep saying it like that. Um, because you want to make sure that people are giving and taking equally. Um, and if they're not, then that's when you have to like live your, live out your truth and like call them out. Or you could also like ask them, like, how can I do more for you? Um, and then now going back to the book on page 95, Aliza has like these wonderful questions about like figuring out if you should keep them or not as friends. So it says, um, the first question is, um, how did their relationship develop in the first place? Like what brought you two together? Um, so I'm just going to use the friend that I, uh, was talking about that just recently found the podcast. Um, we met when we were, she's my oldest friend. Um, so we met when we were like 13 or 12. No, we met like we were 12 or 11 even. We were in middle school. And yeah, it was, it was, it was when we were 12 because I had, no, I don't really remember to be honest. But the point is, is that we met um, I feel like it was just because like our friends, like we had a mutual friends and so then we just like connected. But the funny thing is that we didn't even talk to like the mutual friends anymore, but she and I have, um, remained connected. Um, so what's the Genesis? So yeah, I feel like we just like got along and I feel like it was because like we were just like in the same friend group at the same school. Um, what's the trajectory? I feel like we've had our ups and downs. I feel like, yeah, I'm going to say, like, leave it there. 
um, what am I learning through this unique connection? So I feel like this is like the best, the biggest one, because like, I hate, like I've said this so many times, like I hate like the expression, like, um, if so, like, release something that no longer serves you, but it's like, I feel so awful saying that when it's about anything, but especially when it's a human being, like, are they still serving me? Like that just sounds so wrong to me. Um, but I feel like this question says it a little better. What am I learning through this unique connection? And if you're no longer learning something from that unique connection, then that's how you know when to drop it. Um, and I feel like that's like kind of like where she and I were for the longest. But like now we're able to like, like bond, not only bond, but then also to like learn more about each other's like um, astrological uh, birth charts and stuff and um she sent me an article about twin flames that was like super random but she sent it at like 1114 which is like my angel like personal angel number so I was just like what it was like crazy and so I just think it's like really cool how like I said we've been able to like revamp our um relationship so I encourage you to ask those questions about your relationships or anybody who you're thinking um about and I also just like want to like mention like I never thought that she was toxic um, I just like, realized like it might be coming off that way. Like if I was considering her dropping, dropping her or something like, um, I've never considered her toxic. It was just kind of like, I think it's like one of those where like, if you've known somebody for so long, like for us, I've known her for over half my life. That's wild. Um, that like, you kind of like take advantage not take advantage, like take for granted the, the relationship. You just kind of feel like they're always going to be there. And then like, yeah, I don't know. So I just like, I'm really happy that like, we've been able to find this to, like, connect over. Um, but talking about toxic relationships, on page 96, Aliza says, Toxic dynamics can hold, can hold you back from reaching your highest potential, whereas supportive bonds can actually propel you forward. Um, so, yeah, like, with, like, exes that I've had, like, we'll do, like, the romantic stuff now. So... Um, I think I've talked about this ex in the past, but like this ex like was just very toxic for me. And by the end of their relationship, I literally felt like I had, I felt like I had wings before and they, they were like plucked one by one until I had nothing left. And so when I left that relationship, I was so broken. And so like, I didn't even know how to love or how to love myself. Like I was completely broken. Um, and it definitely held me back from reaching my highest potential for sure. Um, like, yeah, I'm going to go into it, but, um, but yeah, but now with my husband, who's so supportive, um, I, I feel like I've been being propelled forward. I feel like I am like really coming into my own and so whether it's like with like the DIY stuff or with the spiritual stuff or with the business that I eventually want to launch or like the imagination course that I keep talking about that I eventually want to launch or um anything like he just supports me 100% and he just like has so much faith in me that sometimes when I don't feel it myself like he's like really there for me to to push me forward and like going back to the whole parents thing um I feel like my mom is just like so ashamed that I don't have a job and she literally called my grandma to call me to be like why don't you have a job and so I told my grandma I'm like 
I, I told her straight up, I'm like, I have the podcast and I'm, I'm like working on launching a business. And then she's like, well, have you made any money yet? I'm like, no, but like, it's coming. Um, yeah, like actually it's so crazy. So like right after that conversation, I got an ad on Instagram. It was like, do you have a podcast? Do you want to monetize it? And I was like, what? I don't even like, honestly, like I really just made this just to like self-document my journey and then to, to like help others like who are going through like doing through stuff with me too um just like to help any way I can just to like or also to let you know that you're not alone because I feel like a lot of people just like show like once everything is all perfect like oh yeah like I went through spiritual journey look how amazing I am but like I I started this podcast to like show like the journey like the the nitty-gritty that um, or like the thoughts that go in my mind that come into my mind about how hard this is and how frustrating it is um, but that there is a silver lining in that I do feel because sometimes I feel like I'm stagnant and I'm just like have I really grown the last six months like with the um, the 222 that just happened um, a lot of them were like or a lot of astrologers were like like look back six months ago like see where you were like see where you are now like what's changed and I'm like honestly I don't know if anything's changed so I was like kind of freaking out about that I'm like oh my gosh like am I really just like wasting my life right now but the thing is that I'm not because um then a different um tiktoker said like write yourself a letter like but like allow your spirit to write yourself a letter and it was the most beautiful letter I've ever read to myself like when I was writing like I wasn't even thinking it was just like my 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 hand was writing and it was crazy because even like my writing was different like it was so neat and so beautiful like I never write like that I usually just kind of like scribble and just like put it put it up but but yeah it was so such a beautiful letter that spirit wrote to me and it just like really just like solidified the fact that like I am growing and just because my physical doesn't look like I'm growing as fast um, my astral part really is, and I really am like working on that. So I encourage that for um, for you as well. Um, but yeah, so now some more questions that she has. Like this question, these this chapter is like all full of questions. So the next part is um, also on page ninety six. Oh, I didn't finish the story about my grandma. <sighs> okay, so so yeah, so she's like, well, you're not making money, like. Da, da da and I was just like well like I'm gonna like just have to like believe and then she's like well what about like your husband like he doesn't he doesn't like get mad that you're not working you like, he doesn't like force you to go get a job I'm like no he's like super supportive and she's like okay well as long as you can pay your bills I'm like yeah like we're good so like it was just like a really like hard conversation and I feel like before I would have just like cracked and been like oh my gosh you're right I need to go back to teaching but I feel like I am like really secure in my relationship with my husband and my relationship with myself and my relationship with this house, that relationship with spirit, that I know that I'm exactly where I need to be. Um, and I know that the money will come when it needs to come. Like I said, last episode, when we got that check for $6,000, I was like mind blown. But I feel like that was just like a reminder from spirit to be like, you're good. Like you don't need to worry about money. Like you're going to be okay. And then, um, when I went home, uh, I mean, to my parents' house, uh, like I said, it was my grandpa's 90th. So we went over to San Diego. I had another check waiting for me. I was like, what? Um, it wasn't as much as 6,000, but still it was like 250. 
Um, and I got it from like my life insurance. Apparently when it's like the adjustment for taxes or something, like there was just like more. So they gave me $250. So I'm like, that's good, you know? So, so yeah, like I really feel like I'm exactly where I need to be. And like spirit is like really just like, like looking out for me and like knowing that like it was scary like to quit and to like venture on my own but I feel like I am being rewarded for it by exploring these different parts of myself and like doing all these different things like the rock tumbling or like the garden or the library or just like getting this house together um I feel like I am like really getting to know myself and I feel like I am being rewarded for it so so that's been cool Okay, um, so the questions for 96, so now like about more with others, um, how do you influence, impact, and guide others' journeys? So I'll let you think about that. And it's like really interesting because you have to like literally think about like your entire network. Um, like, so now I'll talk about the next feud that I ended. Um, it was with my cousin and it actually had to do with that ex that I was talking about that was so toxic. So I kind of feel like I took one for the team, but basically she was his, yeah, she was his friend. They were friends before. Like that's how I met him was through her. And turns out like she ended up liking him too, but they had like never, there was never anything. Um, so when he asked me out, I ended up going for it and we ended up dating for three years. But like I said, it was super toxic and like I said, I feel like I took one for the team, but she obviously doesn't see it that way. She sees it like I stole the guy that she liked. Um, and like now in retrospect, like I see like how bad that was. But at the time, like I was just searching for validation. Like I said, like with the whole like daddy issues thing, like searching for validation, like he, like my, my parents loved him. Um, like even when he cheated on me, my parents were still like, you can forgive him. I'm like, "Mm, no, but but yeah, the point is, is that I feel like I did stick with him for so long. I am so upset. I usually like do a good job of like keeping time, but I just got carried away and I literally talked for another like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes after it cut off and I just now realized it. So I'm like really upset because I don't even know like what I said. So I'm just gonna like go back to the text and try to pick it up from where it cut off. But basically what I was talking about with the ex is that it was really toxic and that now like I'm like trying to mend things with my cousin, like with the whole like ending of feuds and stuff. And um yeah, so that's from page ninety six where it said toxic dynamics can hold you back from reaching your highest potential, which I definitely feel like that happened with that relationship. Whereas um, with my husband, who is a supportive bond, can actually propel you forward. And I feel like my husband is super supportive with everything that I do. And then I mentioned like a relationship with my grandma. Like typically she's like always like there for me. Um, But when she found out that I'm not working, she like hardcore freaked out and like called me and was like, what are you doing? Um, Why aren't you working? Is your husband okay with this? And I'm like, yeah, like he's chill. And so... Yeah, um, yeah. So basically, you want to find people. So when you when you're when you're able to release the toxicity or the toxic people that are in your life, then you're able to um, to reach your high, your fullest potential and to like really um, 
be better. And then I missed this part um, on page 93. It was about connections uh, demand accountability. And so that's what's cool about having people in your life is that it's like a give and take. So you really have to like look in the mirror to make sure that you um, are giving as much as you're taking. Um, and then that brings me to questions. There was like a whole other part. So I'm sorry. I don't even know what I was talking about. Um, but I mean, like I do, it was about like the whole, if, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do these questions first and then maybe I'll talk about the whole later. Um, so basically the questions are, how do you influence, impact and guide others' journeys? Are you a positive, supportive influence? And do you give people space to show up as their best, truest self? How do you meet their needs? And so you really have to like look in the mirror and like see like what is going on. And so when it comes to relationship with others, if everybody's mad at you, then there's probably a reason it's probably you. Sometimes it's like hard to like accept that um, because you just like want to say like, well, like what are people doing for me? And like kind of being selfish in that way. And I feel like that's like an immature thing that once you like grow up, you're able to see um that it is, like, a give and take, and, oh, that's, I think that's what I was talking about with, like, growing up, and, like, oh, that's what I was saying, that, like, I feel like this whole journey, I've been, like, trying to, like, climb up the mountain, but turns out I was in the hole, and I, like, blamed it on society, like, I feel like we're, like, dinosaur bones underneath, like, all the sediment, and that we're born with all of the sediment, and so it's, like, the waves on our shoulders, like, that expression, like, is because we have all of this on top of us that we just like want to get out um and then so you start like digging your way out of this hole and I feel like I have been digging myself out of this hole where I can like now see the light at the end of the tunnel where that expression comes from is like I can now like see the way out of the hole but I feel like now I'm just like scared to like get out of the hole and to like go out of there because I'm comfortable in my hole I've been in my hole for 30 years um and, like, now it's, like, scary to get out of that and to um, be vulnerable with people and to really express yourself and to live your truth and then for people just to shoot it down. So, so yeah, that's what I was talking about there. And then just to make sure that you do allow people, give people the space to be them and to not judge them, not make fun of them and to just accept them for them and then... I was talking about um, Megan Batoon. Uh, her podcast is called Just a Tip. And um, I was really sad that she announced that she's like ending the podcast after like three years. Um, but I'm still like in 2019. So I'm like, still have a lot of episodes to catch up on. But in the episode, she was talking about like being cool and how um, people who are cool are really just being themselves. And that's why people gravitate towards them. And that's why they're considered cool because they're able to be themselves. And the rest of us want to be cool. And so we try to do like, we try to fake it till we make it kind of thing. But people can see through that. And so the only way for you to be cool is for you to be yourself. And then people will, will just gravitate towards you. It's the I don't chase, I attract mentality. Um, and so like I was saying, like once we're able to let go of those toxic people, then we're able to bring in um, supportive people into our circles. Like what I was saying with like my rocks and my rock tumbler, like we can switch out those rocks at any time. Um, 
unlike the rocks that are in the tumbler right now, but we're able to switch out people. Um, and that's, like I said, that sounds so awful with the whole, like, no longer serves me thing. But the thing is, is that we have, like, um, Aliza talks about it as soulmates. Like, we have people that come into our lives to shape us. Um, and so, like, even though it was a toxic relationship, like, that, the, the ex, like, that relationship still really taught me a lot. And so I feel like I was shaped through that relationship um, or through the people that I met through that relationship and to make me who I am today. And that um, I am thankful for that, for that relationship, even if it was toxic, because now I feel like I wouldn't, I feel like I would have taken my husband for granted if I didn't have that toxic relationship. Um, and so now what I need to do is not like pay it forward and to allow others, to help others become the truest self, their truest self, and to have space for that. Um, okay, so now page 97, um, we're gonna, she talks about Mercury. And so this one, I'm going to go a little bit more about me. Um, but first of all, I just like wanted to just mention this really quick. I was like, last week was so long. This week is going to be a lot shorter. And I literally talked the whole hour. And that's why it cut me off. Because I was talking too much. So if you're still here, I'm super happy. And thank you. <laughs> and so, yeah, let's jump into Mercury. So Mercury is a planet of communication. Um, it governs expression, language, transportation, and all forms of transmission language expression and the way information is both shared and received and that's like why like we just exited a mercury retrograde so when there's mercury retrograde that's when there's like miscommunication technology doesn't work people have car troubles like stuff like that like just like everything that can go wrong will go wrong during um, a mercury retrograde but now that we're out of it and we're not going to have one for a couple of months like now is the time to like live your truth and like to be you and like I think I said I don't know if I've said I said that I know I said it but I don't know if it recorded it or not where I was like um like I've had I have so many episodes of me talking about like being my truest self um and trying to get there and I feel like finally I'm there but it turns out I, I like by getting there I just like opened up the hole to step into it like now I know I can see it but I don't think I'm like fully there yet um, and then just to, I, where I got cut off, I don't think I, I think this part got cut off too about like the validation, like at that point in my life, all I cared about was validation. So I didn't care who I had to hurt to receive that validation. Cause that's what was important to me at the time. Whereas now I've learned that validation only comes from me. People could give me so much validation, but it's not going to mean anything if I don't see it myself. Um, and that's just like is so important because you could like take and take and take the validations, but it's not going to mean anything unless you see it yourself. Um, so, yeah. So with my Mercury, um, my Mercury is in Leo. But what's interesting is that the um, birth chart that my sister got me, it literally tells me that when I was born, we were in a Mercury retrograde. So what that means is that basically the way and people have told me this so much like sometimes like I don't mean it in a certain way and people take it in the wrong way and I have never understood why that has always happened to me and I feel like it's because I was born in the mercury retrograde when my 
Mercury is in Leo, so um, which is also my sun sign. But the point is, is that I, the way I present myself sometimes gets misconstrued because of that whole like Mercury retrograde thing. And then that's like where I found out that my rising sign is in opposition with my Mercury, meaning that my um, ascendant and Aquarius is all about like wanting to understand and to be understood and so this is why I feel like there there are so many issues in my relationships because I want to be understood and I want to understand, but then everything just gets misconstrued and it just like goes down fast. And so I feel like hopefully, fingers crossed, once I'm able to work through that and able to like be my true authentic self and not be a people pleaser, because I feel like people like that's people I don't know if people think I'm say that I'm fake. I don't really know what people think about me. But if they do think that, I feel like that's why. Because I feel like I always try to like be a people pleaser and to just like whatever energy they give me is what I give them. Um, and I feel like that's why it gets like misconstrued sometimes with like my words or maybe they don't line up with my actions or whatever. But the whole point of this chapter was just to like really like look into yourself to see the good and the bad and to accept both and to move forward to have these open lines of communication, whether it be with parents or other family members or relationship, like romantic relationships or friends. And, and yeah, and so now I'm on page 100. And I just like really wanted to um, read this part here at the beginning of page 100. Um, she says, what if instead of waiting, the, the situation is her mother, but it could be for anybody. So I'm just going to say for anybody. Um, what happens if instead of waiting for others to change, you actively choose to approach the relationship differently? Because the thing is, is that sometimes people aren't going to change, even if you're open with them. Um, like for instance, it was like, this one hit me so hard because it actually was with my mother that she's not going to change. And the thing is I have to decide, do I want a relationship with her? Yes or no. And if I do, then I have to be, um, okay with how she is. And I have to approach that relationship differently. And I feel like I have, and I feel like that's why we're better now. The same goes like with my cousin, you know, or like with my sister's. They're not going to change. So either I have to see it differently or I... Because the thing is, like, I don't want to lose them. So that's, like, really my only choice. I have to see the relationship differently. Um, so she keeps going. She keeps going on page 100. After all, we do not have control over others, but we can shift the way individually. Oh, so we can shift the way we individually move through the world and interact with others. Dear reader, please know that you truly don't need to cycle through the same shitty circumstances over and over again. You have agency, you have options, you have free will. So by accepting the truth of a bond, no matter how challenging it may be, you're making the decision to acknowledge the entirety of the dynamic, the good, the bad, the ugly, giving it permission to be exactly what it is. 
The implications of this are extraordinary. It will not only improve the troubled relationship, but it will also strengthen your self-identity as well as your bonds with every single person in your life. Yep, I told you, extraordinary. In order to reach your highest potential, it's imperative that you practice total and complete veracity. And I didn't know what that meant, so I looked it up. It basically just means like living in your truth. When I began my self-actualization journey many years ago, I remember feeling like someone had injected me with the truth serum, like I was Jim Carrey from Liar Liar. After years of living in denial and falsities, after years of living in denial and falsities, desperate attempts to protect myself from exposing vulnerability, so living in the hole, I couldn't stop being honest. I felt like a fire hydrant busted open on the street corner, gushing observations no one wanted and making a total and complete mess. Clean up on the aisle, Aliza. So, so yeah, so the whole point is just like by being your true self, like it's going to help everybody else because then like you're basically setting the boundaries you're setting the expectation not expectations i'm just leave the boundaries like you're setting the boundaries with these different relationships so even if they're not going to change at least they're going to be able to get to know the new you and i feel like that's like where i'm at right now where like i'm trying i'm like trying to be like my me but then i feel like sometimes i get shut down and i'm like run back into my hole and so i feel like that is um where i'm at where you have to like basically like teach people like who you are now and the cool thing is is that um people who are meant to be in your life will accept you for you and if they don't accept you for you then they're probably not meant to be in your life and so like with my with the grounded spirits for instance like two friends have found it on their own I haven't told anybody um and they both have supported me for it so it's just been like really cool to like see how much support I'm getting for being me and that has just been crazy in and of itself but then like even for people who don't know about it like with my um with my new TikTok um with Laura Lynn O um like doing like the little DIY stuff around the house or with my hair or whatever um my friends have been like liking and following on there too so it's just like been really cool like when you show like people want you to be you and if they aren't happy for you, then that's how you know they don't belong in your life. And I'll post um, this Instagram post that I saw that basically it was about this guy and he's like, this is how you know if they're a true friend. Like if they're, if you have bad news, they're going to sit there and listen. They're not going to try to like make it about them. They're not going to try to like say it's not that bad. They're just going to sit there and listen. And when you have good news, they're going to help you celebrate it. They're not going to, you're not going to like feel bad to tell them the good news. And I feel like I have had friends like that in the past where like something good happens to me and I don't want to really tell anybody because I don't want to make others feel bad. But the thing is, is that by living in my truth, I can't be responsible for how other people feel. I have to just like do it's sometimes it feels like I'm like it's selfish though so that's why I have like my people pleasing tendencies are like oh my gosh like is that okay but the thing is that I have to like learn that it is okay because I'm just like sharing information I'm just sharing good news that I want people to to support me and to be there for me and if they can't be then they just they just don't belong in my life and as tough as that may be that's what has to happen 
Um, so on page 100, she has it in bold, so I'm going to say it here. Um, you can actually initiate a spiritual awakening through this simple yet profoundly difficult act of telling the truth and just like living your truth. So that's what I wrote like in caps in my notes. I was like, live your truth. Um, page 102. So, um, there's actually nothing kinder and more compassionate than supporting others' individual experiences independently from your influence. Practicing veracity means complete accountability for your individual journeys and recognizing others as soul responsible, as solely responsible for their narratives as well. And that's like what we learned from um, from Donna a couple of weeks ago or now months ago, that like with her husband, she was saying like. She just has to like love him for him and just have you just have to trust that that he's gonna do what's best for him because we all have our own narratives and I feel like that's like one of my issues. Like I always like wanna control and like help others through controlling and that's just never gonna work. Like I have to just like be there for them and like let them go at their own pace, even if I think it's super slow. Like I just have to support them and I'll I give them the space to be their most true authentic selves. Um, so I'm going to keep reading on 102. This is the last paragraph of the chapter. Cultivating meaning relationships is an extension of embodying your truth. Express your honest thoughts, feelings, wants, and desires. Accepting that your friends and relatives are entitled to their own opinions and perspectives. Your closest companions may not always agree with your choices, just as you may not always agree with theirs. And that's all right. As you strengthen your communication, remember that the occasional tension within interpersonal dynamics is not only normal but also extremely important when in doubt share what's on your mind why is this agreement making you uncomfortable what is your preferred method of exchanging information what are your expectations for the bond yes relationships are hard work but that's exactly what makes them worthwhile and definitely like i feel like we are put on this planet so that we can form connections because we can't live without connections there's another study that um talks about how um like monkeys they'll literally die if no one touches them like there's a robotic arm giving them food and water but they literally need that like physical touch and that like that love and it's so cool to like when you feel like the heart glow um jane the virgin does it perfectly where when she like loves somebody her heart they actually like show her heart glow but that's like literally how it feels like even when like i hug my dog like i feel like my heart glow it's like it's love and um and yeah so i feel like these are so important but these are only going to come from your truth she um in the chapter she has she talks about a person like how she does for all the other chapters um just to, like give an example and so she does um it's called uh a synesty, I believe, where you put two different people and you, um, their birth charts on top of each other or like within each other, um, so that you can like see what's going on in this relationship. And but she's like, you can do all the astrology you want to like understand why they are the way they are, but if you don't have an honest conversation with them, then you're never gonna get anywhere. And I feel like that's just like it just like hits the nail on the head kind of thing that. You need to have these honest conversations with people, even if they're uncomfortable, even if you don't want to, in order to to move forward. So I'm gonna leave you with last, um, the last story about another feud with my sister. So this is the um, so like the main feuds in my life, were some with the friends, um, my parents, my cousin, and then my sister. 
And so my sister, um, she's in college right now. So she's in Ohio. And before, when I was living there, like I said, back in August, she got mad at me because I was living in her room. But it's like, it wasn't my choice, you know? Like, there was literally nowhere else for me to be. And so we had, like, this big falling out. And we've always been super close. But we had this big falling out. And then she, like, turned to, like, my other sister who lives in Michigan. So obviously, like, the distance, they're closer. Um, and so I just felt like she was like super mad at me and just like didn't talk to me. And then I'd feel sad when I would like hear, I have to like hear about her life through my sister instead of like her telling me. So it would like make me sad, but I didn't want to reach out because I'm like, she's mad at me. Like, I don't really want to like deal with that. But then when they had a falling out, she came back to me. Um, and turns out it was just like miscommunication, like, she thought that, like, I didn't want to hear from her because of how she handled things when I was living there. And I'm like, I thought you didn't want to hear from me because of how things ended between us kind of thing. And then she's like, yeah. And then you got closer with our other sister. And then I'm like, yeah, you got closer with our other sister. <laughs> so, so it turned out there was a huge misunderstanding. Like, now we're fine. But the thing is, is that we just needed to have that open, honest conversation and then just to clear the air. And like now we're perfect. So it actually wasn't a feud at all. It was just miscommunication. Um, so, yeah, it was just like cool how it all comes together. So I'm going to read her um, connections review and then that'll be it. So the first one is each relationship is completely unique is a completely unique entity that exists independently from all other bonds. This like hit me so hard because like with my in-laws, for instance, I always used to see a relationship like with us, like with my, me and my husband together as like a bond and then them against us. Um, but then turns out like I, I have to, to form my own relationships with them, with my in-laws separate from my husband's relationship with them because they're obviously we're different people you know and so like this one like just really hit me hard about like how um how bonds individual like they're all independent and they're um that each of them have to get have to you have to work at every single one of them and then this also goes into that give and take table that I was talking about that is Eliza's um I got caught up again um, that is Eliza's um, astral exercise. And so you literally have to go through every single person. And it takes such a long time, but I promise you it's 100% worth it to like see like where the gaps are and then to actually be able to go to the person. You don't have to show them your list, but just like to go with the person just to like make sure you're on the same same like page and to just to like make sure you guys are like good. Um, because sometimes, and like sometimes we do have friends like that where you don't talk to somebody for a super long time and then if you like call them up, like everything is like just like normal. But that's very rare. Um, a lot of times if you don't talk to somebody for a long time and then you call them up, like it's a little awkward at the beginning and then eventually you'll fall back into it. But it's all about having like that open communication. Um, the next review point she has is that squares are challenging aspects that enable us to uncover our full potential. And I feel like that's like where I'm at right now with my whole Saturn and, um, Mercury, no, not Mercury, Mars, Pluto. Yeah. My Saturn and Pluto right now. And just like really working to be able to reach my full potential. I have to like get out of the hole. Oh, so I don't know if I finished that thing so basically we're all in a hole and we have to like crawl our way out 
um and then like now I can like see the outside but I'm like scared to go up there because I'm uncomfortable in my hole but anyway so getting out um when I finally get out of that hole then um I feel like that's like what like that's why my that's why they're squares because they're trying to push me to get out of the hole to like have that discomfort but then be able to reach my full potential um, interpersonal dynamics can be explored through synesthesia charts. So that's what I was talking about with the two different relationships. So if you're really having issues with just like one particular person, look at your charts, it'll help you. Um, and then when you have like your give and take table, then, um, I can set it up, but you also like have to, like I said before, like my whole parents thing, like you have to figure out like, why do you want them in your life? Like, what are you learning from them? What, um, how did how did the relationship go how did it begin like um where were you at that time and like where are you now and like how does it work now um those questions that i asked at the beginning and the next point is interpersonal dynamics can be explored oh i said that one already the last one is mercury is the planet of communication which offers insight into your unique expression and yeah so, like I said, her um, internal exercise or actual exercise is the give and take table. And then the external one is to tap into your truth. And so, basically, this one is just about um, just like your conscious awareness of your everyday life. So the tap your truth one, it's like actually really cool. It's like if someone asks you like, how are you? And you say you're fine, but you're really not fine. If you just like tap yourself and it could be like subtle, just like, um, or you could like come up with something else for yourself. Like if you touch your ear or touch your hair or something. Um, but basically it's just like to remind you, like remember, like it's like a little reminder um, to, to be yourself. So it could be, I'm going to read the last last page of this chapter. It's 108. Perhaps you'll feel empowered to adjust your interaction. For instance, you can modify your statement by saying, actually, I'm not fine. You really hurt my feelings. Or even removing yourself from toxic situations. There's no reason to spend that much time with your egomani- <laughs> egomaniacal relative. When you hold yourself accountable to your truth, you discover that every single social interaction is a choice. This manifestation practice allows you to bring your needs to the surface, enabling you to make social decisions based on your unique realities. Remember, no two relationships are alike. No outside force can tell you what interpersonal dynamic is best suited for your individual circumstances. You and you alone set the standards. So when you manifest your highest potential within both the astral and physical dimensions, you form connections that reflect the full range of your consciousness. Just like the planets, your relationships mirror your reality. Enjoy your solar system. So yeah, it's just like a quick little reminder kind of a thing. Like even like right now, as I was reading, I was like holding the page down so hard. And I was just like, why are you holding it so hard? Like lighten up. And so it's just like little reminders for yourself um, to be able to um, interact in the world better. Um, so obviously like tap into your truth is like when you're in social situations, um, just like to remind you to be your truest self or to remind you to, um, to allow others to give their, to give them space for them to be their best and truest self. Because if you have, you go into like, let's say, um, like you have an issue with a relative or a friend or whatever, 
Mm, probably relative, because if you're not, if you have an issue with your friend, you're probably not going to go out of your way to see them. But what I'm, I'm trying to say here is that if you go into it with a negative view, then you're going to get, like, whatever you go into it as is what you're going to get out of it. So sometimes I even, like, try to do, like, a um, an intention before I like get out of the car I'm okay like it's gonna be a fun time we're gonna do this it's gonna be great to like reconnect with these people um and then like to tap yourself like if you feel like you're getting you're getting clouded and you're bringing in those like negative energies um just by how you view somebody so so yeah I hope that these exercises will help you um make deeper and more meaningful connections and if when I get cut off, if you have any questions, um, please let me know. Um, you can email me at grindofspirits at gmail.com. You can put a, um, a request in my contact page on the website. Um, or you could even uh, send me a message on Instagram, which is grindofspirits. You can DM me. I'll check them. And, and yeah. And if you're feeling extra kind, um, you give me five stars on um whatever platform that you're listening to this on that would be so helpful um I am I've always like I always like hated when people like would ask that but I feel like it's a way so that you can like grow and grow so that more people can can listen and and I feel like that's not a bad thing anymore so so yeah if you feel so feel inclined that would be really nice um and and yeah i hope that you have a wonderful week and i will see you next time bye everybody